You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day? Coming right up. And now for your host, AJ Mises. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. I am so sorry for the hiatus for the last couple of weeks. I was traveling uh, in Israel, to be completely honest, and it was amazing. So shout out to my friends from Israel. If you're listening to the show, what's up? Um, So great uh, to have you if you're listening. And if you're not in Israel, that's cool, too. Uh, welcome back to, to listening to the show. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, want to tell you all about how the show is set up. This show is set up with two people sharing stories of good and people doing really awesome things. It could be that we're talking about other people. It could be talking that we're talking about ourselves. And in this case, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to actually talk and speak to um, a guy that I used to know from the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and he is absolutely phenomenal, and I cannot wait for you to hear his story. So first, a little bit about Matt. Uh, Matt Nightingale is an educator, musician, speaker, writer, and spiritual director living and working in the North San Francisco Bay Area. He's a teacher at the Sonoma County Day School in Santa Rosa and the worship leader at The Quest in Novato. And for 17 years, Matt worked as a worship pastor in the Evangelical Covenant Church, serving churches in Redwood City, California, Houston, Tulsa, Seattle, and Santa Rosa. And as a gay Christian, Matt is passionate about the intersection of sexuality and spirituality. And he works to create safe, sacred space for people exploring these identities. He actually did a TED Talk, which is called Choosing Gratitude and Hope with his former wife, Luann Nightingale, which tells their story of mixed orientation marriage, an evolving understanding of faith and sexuality, and the painful but necessary choice of divorce, all within the context of gratitude and hope. Matt is also the proud father of four kiddos, and I am so excited to have Matt on the show. Matt, welcome. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Woohoo! Yay. So, <laughs> yay. Um, I'm so excited for everyone to get to know you because your story is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just think people can learn a lot about, you know, even just w- what your TED Talk is about, about gratitude and hope and, and possibly more. Um, so it, maybe talk a little bit about um, how, how we got to where we are today. Can you give us like a, a little more uh, insight into who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, and thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It's it's a cool opportunity for me. Um, of course. Yeah, and it's been a while since um, we were singing together in the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. <laughs> I know. We were both newbies. We were both yes. noob, newbies in the same class. We joined at the mm-hmm. exact same time. We sang in the same section. Yeah, and we had the same, like, uh, family. We had a little family. We did. Big Our, brother we have older everything. Bro- yeah, we yeah. have older brothers in the chorus. And so yeah. I had an older brother and Matt had an older brother. And we, we were all kind of like in the same uh, pod because our older brothers were like brothers to themselves. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, well, um, it's interesting because when I when I was in the chorus, I had just come out of the closet. <laughs> just I come remember. bursting out. And I was so, so new to, 
to this whole life, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Northern Indiana. I was a fundamentalist Christian for, for many, many years. That's kind of how I grew up. And I knew I was gay when I was 10 years old, but Mm. in my world, you just didn't, I mean, you didn't even talk about that, let alone act on it or come out of any closets. Um, so so I just kind of hid it for many years. I went to a Christian college in Indiana, studying to become um, a music teacher, and then I ended up going into ministry. And when I was at college, I met um, the woman who was to become my wife. She was my best friend. We we had so much fun together. We were we were inseparable. And I just, you know, I I, I tell people now I, I wasn't trying to be malicious. You know, I was. I think 19 when I met her. And I I think I was just trying to do the best I could, given my understanding of reality, to honor God, to honor my family and my community and kind of to do the right thing. And I had always wanted to have children. I had always wanted to to kind of have this this life that I dreamed of. So uh, I married my wife (laughs) and we did. We had four children and um, and that was kind of the beginning of it all. That's that's incredible. So so you grew up um, going to church, obviously. And so when did you know, like, was there a moment like maybe even before you got married where you were like, there's something there's something missing or oh, like yeah. a question mark? For sure. Yeah, I knew um, there was a moment when I was 10 years old that I that I knew that I was gay. And I, I have this very distinct memory of uh, I think it was on the playground that day at school. Somebody had used the word like homosexual. And in kind of in a derogatory way. And I think that's when it dawned on me, oh my gosh, that's what, that's what I am, you know? Mm. And I remember that night taking a shower and just bawling in the, in the shower, because I knew that, that, that this thing about me had a name and that it was something bad and that I was not supposed to be that. And, and so my little 10 year old self decided that I just had to hide it, just hide mm. it. Go like along so with many of us else. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, not, okay, so you went to school, kept going to church, you met your soon-to-be wife. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any more like signs where you're like, oh gosh, I'm just, I just need to do something about this? Um, I, I would just say like it, it was a constant presence in my life. It was something that I knew about myself, but I did not allow myself to to act on it in any way. It was just like mm-hmm. stuff it down, hide it, um, pretend it doesn't exist try to make this other life work. And I swore I would just go to my grave with this secret. Um, that was, that was, that was my big strategy, you know, just, just stuff it down. Um, and you know, for a while it worked for, for the first eight years of, of our marriage, I was able to kind of hold it together and, and just be this, this good guy and this husband and father and pastor. Um, and, and in a way we had a really beautiful life. Like I, I look back on those times with a lot of fondness um, because we did create a really beautiful family together. Absolutely. Your yeah. kids are freaking amazing, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk, we'll tell everyone yeah. where they can find out more like details about okay. you, but I just had to put that in there because yeah. your kids are amazing. I'm super grateful. They're amazing kids. Yeah. So, um, so in 2002, I had, we had moved to California Um, we, by that point had, had all of our children, all four, I was 29 years old. (laughs) We did this fast fast and furious. And our, our, our youngest are twins. And so we, we had, we thought we were going to have three kids and we ended up having four. Um, (laughs) but I was getting to this place in my life where I just couldn't, um, I couldn't stand the idea of being two separate people, like, like this, this 
pastor husband father on the outside and this um this kind of tormented gay man on the inside Mm -hmm. that had no outlet for that and um and so you know i wish i could say that that's when i like fully came out of the closet but but it was only for me it was the first step out and i did i came out to my wife i came out to some trusted friends and leaders in our church but looking back on it I came out not so that I could come out, not so that I could do a different kind of life. I came out so that I could be healed. I came yeah. out so that I could get fixed. And in the the world that I lived in, in that community, uh, a lot of people believed, and I myself believed that it was wrong to be gay, that it would be dishonoring God to to act on this, and that there was hope for healing. You know, so I'm one of these the the many many people who've gone through this kind of ex gay conversion therapy. I did that for several years. At that point. Oh, Matt, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's nuts. Where where was that? Um, well, it was all right there in the Bay Area, um, okay. Palo Alto. And I, I didn't so we ever have that do... here in the Bay Area. I, have no, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, we, we did 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, and I worked it like my life depended on it because I really, really desired to honor God. I desired to save my marriage. I desired to, to be the man that I thought I was supposed to be. Um, mm. So I, I did lots of counseling and therapy. I did lots of kind of groups. I even, this is, this is interesting to me. I went to um, Sex Addicts Anonymous, a 12-step group, oh, because wow. at the time I was convinced I was a sex addict. Uh, interesting. Uh, I look back now and, and I realize I'm not at all. I just was a gay man. <laughs> That's all I was. Oh, my God. And I didn't, you know, but, but I thought that this was like some, some compulsion or some kind of addiction that I right. had. Right. That's what, you know, the kind of worldview that I lived in. That's kind of what we thought. And were people telling you this too? Like, I'm just curious about like what the, what the like tapes were that were playing around you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in my, in, in my faith community, um, and my own understanding of reality, it, it was that, that gay is like a, a brokenness or a sickness. And, and to, to be fair, no one was saying God hates me. No one was saying, um, you know, I, it, it was all very like well-intentioned and good natured. It, sure. it was for me, it was more like, gosh, this is a, a sick, like a psychological disorder, like a broken part of me. And, and I want to fix it. I want to heal it so that I can be who I'm supposed to be. Sure. Um, and, you know, looking back now, I see that that theology, that understanding of reality is pretty toxic and harmful. Um, and, and I know that it hurts so many people, especially uh, kids that come out of religious backgrounds who who really think that somehow God can't accept them because they're gay or lesbian or bisexual, transgender, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's so um, it, it's it permeates conservative mm-hmm. um, faith communities for sure. Even to this day, I think things are getting way better, and I do a lot of work to advocate for that. But it's it's still kind of the the base understanding, certainly in evangelical circles. Yeah, that this is yeah. something that God cannot bless, cannot cannot approve of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you, you, you went to these, you know, um, different programs and things like that. You were like, you know, this obviously it's not working because hello, I'm gay. Um, <laughs> right. So, so what was kind of work? Spoiler alert. Um, what, so what was next? Well, um, we ended up moving. We, we lived in Houston for a short time and then Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it, it was, you know, by now I was like, I don't know, five, six, seven years into this, this, this time in my marriage and life where I, where I had come out 
and, and was kind of still trying to just hang in there. And for me, it was like a series of, um, of realizations. And the first realization was, uh, this isn't going anywhere. This is not going to change. So that was, that was something that actually in a way it kind of gave me some, um, some peace. So in a way that kind of gave me some peace because, um, because it meant that I could stop trying so hard to change. Um, and I just, I could kind of accept it about myself. Now I still thought that it would be wrong to, to live it out, but, but at least I was okay with, okay, so this is just something I'm going to have to live with the rest of my life. And then I would say the next realization was, this is funny, but it was the first time I actually gave myself this label and allowed myself to say I'm gay, um, Mm. kind of up to that point, even though I had come out to so many people, even though I was working on this in so many ways, I wouldn't. Like, like in this world of kind of ex-gay um, ministry, you don't say that about yourself. You basically, uh, the idea is that you're a straight man who struggles with same-sex attraction, right? This uh, is just kind of an outside like thing minimizing that you have it. to deal with. Yeah, yeah. It, because to, to somehow say I'm gay um, makes it central to your identity. And they didn't want that to be a central part of my identity, right? God, it's so like backwards psychology. It is. It's crazy. And... In, in the middle of it, it kind of makes sense, right? But, but so when I finally was able to say, oh, oh my gosh, I'm just gay. That's it. It's like, that's, I, I am this way just because I am. That right. was another step where I finally, I could release a little bit of that anxiety, you know, and I could uh-huh. breathe a little and just go, oh, I'm gay. <laughs> it's like 101, right? But, but that was for me a really big step. And I think I was like, maybe 35 or 36, 37, even when I finally could say those words. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I still was convinced it was sinful if I were to act on it. I still thought I couldn't honor God and, and be gay, but but at least I was owning that. And then the third piece kind of fell, the third realization for me was, oh my gosh, I think God's okay with this too. <laughs> like, I think mm-hmm. that I think that there are faithful people who who have a relationship with God and who acknowledge this the goodness of their same sex um, attractions or homosexuality gay, being gay like it's okay and God's yeah. cool with it and and right. so that was like a beautiful realization but but then oh my gosh it was so hard because now what do I do you know here I was in a marriage to a woman for many many years I was so very committed to it I was in a, a pastoral ministry I had devoted my life to this for. 15, 16 years at that point. Right. And I was in a church that if I were to come out in, I would be fired. I'd lose everything. So, so it was a real, it, it was a, like such a mixture, right? Such a joy to, to finally acknowledge the truth about myself and, and understand that it was okay. Like right. I didn't have to apologize for it no. anymore. I didn't have to fight it anymore. Right. And then now what do I do? Right. You know, what do I do? Right. And it's like the choice between, you know, being your authentic self and, you know, I can imagine a providing for your family, like, you know, living this other, maybe double life, some people call it. Um, and, uh, maybe even pressing reset, um, on a lot of things in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really difficult. And, and I, I kind of lived in that, um, tension for, for quite a while. Um, just kind of treading water, honestly, like, okay, these things are true. And now what? I, I don't know. I'm just going to keep doing this. You know? uh-huh. And and over time, and, and the thing is, like, I was very open with my wife about this. I was not hiding anything. And how from beautiful her. that you were open with her about this whole thing. Like, A, 
kudos to her for like being, you know, so open and, but be like, that's also kudos to the relationship that you guys created Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. to be able to have that conversation, um, probably multiple times. Um, so yeah, I mean, that just speaks to the type of humans that you both are. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I am very fortunate for that. Um, and it was, it, it was hard because when it did finally, um, get down to the last, you know, the last couple of years of our marriage, we were both, um, it, it was hard because we loved each other. We had, we had built this whole world and life together. Um, and you know, he, here's the thing. My wife is straight. My wife was straight. <laughs> my ex-wife is straight. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> She's still straight. Um, and, and she, you know, she had married the love of her life. Of right. So for her, I was enough for her. I was, I was who she loved and was attracted to. For me, I had married my best friend, uh, but I had never been attracted to her like that, never. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it would be like really even to feel like true attraction, true soul connection with mm-hmm. with someone else because I had never allowed myself to. Right. So so that was that was a really really hard and painful time. Um mm-hmm. several years there at the end of our marriage where we we were just hanging in there and trying to make it work. And is that um, when we met? No, we met actually when I was just out, like we had made the decision. Um, yeah. So I was already out at that point. Okay. Got it. Um, got it. And so, and you guys were still living together. You had just moved <laughs> yeah, out or point. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting thing. So like, you know, I would say in the last maybe six months, we, we, I had decided this, this has to happen. She did not want that to happen, frankly. Um, but she understood, um, Mm -hmm. and she had walked with me for so long. She really, she understood it. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was going to be as supportive as she could be. Um, and so this meant I was going to lose my job. I had to resign from my church and my denomination. Um, we together kind of made a big announcement on Facebook and put it, we had to come, Oh, and I had to come out to my children. I mean, it's a long story. Oh I won't gosh. tell you all the details, but, um, but well, that'll when, be part time, two. we'll have you back for part yeah, two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> by the time I came out, it was July 15th, 2016. So not that long ago. Um, and on that day, it was a Friday. Um, we sent a letter out to our whole church community with my resignation and all this. Um, and this was done with, with the church leadership, by then we had told them what was happening and they were kind of helping us to manage the whole thing. And then we made a big Facebook announcement and, and it was like this, this united front, you know, um, Matt and Luann and their four children, um, saying, this is, this is what we believe to be true about reality. This is, this is the reality about Matt's life and now how we're going to live authentically, all of us. And we think this is best for Matt and for, our family and for the world around us to see people living authentically, you know? And that was, um, that was July of 2016. Um, and we stayed living together for seven, eight more months just because, you know, financially we, we couldn't do anything else. And I was out of work and it was, it was hard. Um, but it was during that time that someone said, you should join the gay men's chorus. That would be really good for you. So it was a, there I was driving to San Francisco every week, going out for karaoke afterwards. (laughs) It was like a crash course in gay life. (laughs) 
Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. It was it, right? Jeez. Yeah. yeah every fun. every sect of of gay person uh oh was there. Yep, <laughs> Very diverse yep. group. Amazing <laughs> really people. Was. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, um crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so and so like now, like how would you say how would you say things are with your kids, with your wife? Mm. Like, oh, talk about the TED Talk. Let's just talk about that real quick. Yeah, sure. So um you did a TED Talk. Yeah, so that was I mean, another just amazing turn of events. I I was such a newbie. I was like, what do I do? How do I meet people? Where do I go? And so I found a um, LGBTQ mixer uh, with an organization called the Letter People here in Santa Rosa. And I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just walking around like, uh, who do I talk to? <laughs> who do I look at? What do I say? And it's funny. I joke about how like, uh, I, I hung out with the lesbians all night. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, you, there are some gay men who, who are super comfortable with women and I am one of them. <laughs> so I'm I like, love it. If I can hang out with the lesbians all night. I, I feel safe. Yeah, I feel like you're set. For, you know? yeah. 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 So I, I did, cause I didn't know how to approach all those men in the other corner, you know, that was super hard, but, <laughs> but I think um, it's hard for all of us. Yeah, right. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll speak but, for myself, um, but I've been married. So, yeah. <laughs> But it was, um, so I was talking to this one couple and, and I was just like a, a an op- like a raw wound at that point, L- literally had come out like two weeks prior, you know? Oh my God. And so they're like, so what's your story? And I would be like, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. The you- jaws are on the floor. Yes. And they're like, you, you still live with your wife? I'm like, yeah, 10 sure minutes do. away, you know, I sure do. And your kids are cool. And I'm like, yeah. And they said, so, um, we're on the board of Ted talks, Sonoma County. <laughs> and oh, this sounds like a really interesting story. Would you be interested in sharing it? And I was like, uh, yeah, I actually would. And I went home and talked to my wife and, and the two of us said, if this is a way that we can help other people, we want to do it. So that's how it happened. And so there we were like, um, three months later on the stage at Sonoma County Ted talks telling this this story and to date it's been seen it's been viewed over 16,000 times on YouTube holy crap one of the things that I think is so so interesting and powerful so it's been uh you know two and a half years almost now I must have I probably have had a hundred people contact me um through Facebook Messenger or Twitter or even Instagram Uh, and these people they're so precious and they they come to me and just go hey I I just saw your TED talk and I didn't know that there were people like me out there. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. And so I've had this kind of beautiful, I think of it as a ministry almost of walking with people who find themselves in this kind of place, this mixed orientation marriage where they didn't, they just don't know what to do. And so many of them are doing what I was doing, just kind of treading water, wondering right. if anything, well, you're the life, you're the lifeboat. You're the, like the life raft that they've yeah. been thrown and yeah. they're like grabbing on and saying like, help me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell people, I am no expert. I ser- I look at my life now. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm still, I'm only two and a half years out and I, I'm not necessarily where I had dreamed of being when I first came out, but, but I'm okay. And so I, I share my story. I share my experience. But you're okay. I walk with people, you know, that's what I can offer. Um, yeah. And I can connect them to greater community because there are, there are some pretty wonderful communities of people like us out there. Um uh, two Facebook groups gift. that I'm that I'm real familiar with, you know, that I can connect people with, and it's it's pretty powerful. Um, what a I gift! Even, I remember <laughs> when you. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I know one couple even that I introduced to each other, <laughs> and they're getting <gasps> married next month, and I just love that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they yeah. were like two separate people that reached out to you. Well, 
Yes. One of them had never been married and he was just a, a gay Christian. But then the other one reached out to me because of the TED talk. Absolutely. was married to a woman, has children. And, and then, you know, through, through being friends with both of these guys, I introduced them to each other and they, oh my God, they're, and now they're getting married. Month. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's a cool, cool story. That's that so cool. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, like what a gift you are to so mm-hmm. many people, honestly. And I mean, you said that you, you know, you're two and a half years out and you're still trying yeah. to figure this out, but like that's two and a half years ahead of a lot of people who yeah, clearly yeah. need, need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kudos to you for, mm-hmm. Um, that gift that you're giving people by being a resource and being truthful and being honest and um, making a love connection. (laughs) (laughs) um, That is fabulous. That's so Mm -hmm. cool. And I know you're super active um, still in the church, um, which I think is wonderful because it kind of like came full circle. sounds like. Yeah, it's great. I found a church in Novato that, that, you know, kind of feels like an evangelical church, like I'm used to, but, but is, really cool and progressive and gay affirming. And it's been a real, a real gift to be there, uh, to be on staff there. And I, I work part-time there. I'm the music minister. And so I lead worship on Sunday mornings. And, and a cool story about that is I found that church because my ex-wife and her then boyfriend were attending it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Said, you really need to come to this church. <laughs> oh my and, uh, gosh. You know, and the rest is history. Now I work there. So are they, are they members there? No, huh? but they, no, okay, they, but they were just going. And, yeah, uh-huh. It was oh just a cool God. connection, you know. I, I love how those things happen. And you're so close with your kids, I know, mm-hmm. and just so everybody understands when yeah. uh, we'll talk about where to find out more information about Matt, about Matt, but you have to go and check out his talented <laughs> kids because they are all musicians and they yeah. all can play an instrument or mm-hmm. sing. Mm-hmm. And didn't you just do a concert with them, Matt, recently? Yeah, it was so cool. Um, I, I, I was in Redwood City last Friday night, the 22nd of February, um, and it was a... Um, like a film screening by a, a young um, Latino LGBTQ or gay filmmaker. And he did this beautiful short film. They screened that. And then there's a, um, a lesbian photographer from San Mateo who did these beautiful portraits of trans kids um, for San Mateo pride. And then, um, and then I was kind of representative of, of a musician. And so I did um, seven original songs that I've written most, mostly post coming out. And the amazing thing, I mean, these are like love songs to men, right? And love my it. children were the band. My my son <gasps> played bass, my other son played drums, and my daughter played uh, guitar and sang, and I played keys and sang. And so it was just this amazing experience of making this brand new music. I have um, chills. Doing it live with my own children as my oh band. Oh, my God. You know, it was beautiful. It was How really beautiful. special. I literally mm-hmm. have chills right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched the YouTube or the, mm-hmm. what was it? Instagram or something. I watched something. Yeah, it yeah. was great. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we, um, we like to do carpool karaoke and we kind of, we, we put it on Instagram a lot. <laughs> yes. I definitely have seen that. You all need to follow <laughs> We'll follow Matt and I'll put his Instagram handle in the show notes on my website. Um, so you can follow him cause his carpool karaoke's are great. <laughs> <laughs> What's your daughter's name? I think that's the one I remember the most. Emily. Yeah. She's, Emily. She's What's up, amazing. Emily? <laughs> if you listen to this, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, cool. Well, Hey, if you don't mind, I'd love to, um, switch gears here a little bit and tell you sure. a story, um, yeah. um, that you may or may not have heard of, um, okay. yet. So, um, this is a story from a transgender teenager 
um, uh, his name is uh, Charlie Baumer. His name was Charlie Baum. Um, he's from Georgia. And after years of bullying, um, he was crowned the uh, Forsyth Central High School on Saturday as homecoming queen, no um, <laughs> which is right in freaking so Atlanta great. in Georgia. That's amazing. Um, so you know, he was, you know, excuse me, I need to use the right pronouns. She was um, feeling ready to get out of high school Mm -hmm. um, so that she could feel normal and just like a normal girl and not so much of an oddity or an outcast. Um, And after winning the queen title, um, she never felt like that was something that was feasible to her. Mm -hmm. And so she has this strong feeling now that who she is, is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that there is now a normalcy to this quote unquote homecoming royalty for trans people. Um, and it helped And this is a quote from her. Um, I hope that it helped to normalize and humanize trans people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, her family attended the homecoming celebration. And when mm-hmm. her win was announced, the whole crowd erupted in quote, so much screaming uh they were in the bleachers and they ran down and all started hugging me and then there was even more screaming and my and my mom was behind me crying with my dad and my grandma was also in the bleachers full on funeral sobbing with joy <laughs> it was a happy moment for all of us oh um so charlie um is now um living as a as a as a woman which is wonderful as mm-hmm. her true self mm-hmm. and um it's you know she says that growing up in conservative Georgia was scary um, because she didn't know. I mean, she knew that she was a girl early on in elementary school. Um, she she says she had a very intense love for Hannah Montana and literally <laughs> anything pink. Um, but she had to suppress, you know, who she really was. Um, and you know, she was tormented and teased and um, bullied all through high school. But this turning point in terms of homecoming was really a way that she has weathered the storm, so to speak. Um, and you know, at the end of, of a really rough time in high school, um, she's now nominated and crowned the homecoming queen. Um, so, um, the, the community has a a quote, um, that now they say, we love a humble queen long may she reign. (laughs) So that's their, (laughs) that was the slogan when she, when she won. Um, so I thought that was a really sweet story. Uh, I'm just beaming over here. Just imagining it. Yeah. It's beautiful. (laughs) Right. Um, so shout out to Charlie, if you're listening, Mm -hmm. what's up girl? Yes. We've come a long way. (laughs) Long way. Exactly. Long way. I love it. Matt, if you had to give advice to people on how to muster up the will, the gusto, the strength to, um, you know, make it through tough times or to get more good in your life, what advice would you have people just given your story? I would just say, um, find, find people who can walk with you. You are not alone. Um, that's, that's what gave me the strength to finally make a really, really hard decision. Um, I thank God for the internet. You know, sometimes people say, um, that like internet friends are not, are not real friends. Well, I beg to differ because I found unbelievable support and life and love and real people, um, through my computer screen. And I know a lot of people find that today. So I I was able to find um, some really beautiful support as I was about to make this this huge transition in my life. Um, So I just, I I feel like that's it, you know, reach out, find people because you're never, ever alone. And you can find people Mm -hmm. like you who will Mm -hmm. happily walk with you. 
Um, yeah. So that's, yes. that's, I guess my best advice. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Find those people, hold yep. them tight, hold them tight. Awesome. Um, so, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's drive people to where they can learn more about you because you, <laughs> you are multi-talented, my friend, you are a, a pastor, you are a it's musician, true. you are a teacher. It's, um, <laughs> it's all the things. Um, so where can well, people find out um, more information about you? I will you? say like, find me on all the socials. I love Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I, it's just Matt Nightingale and it's spelled N I G H T I N G A L E. Um, and, and then the one-stop shop is mattnightingale.com. And you can see, um, videos of, of the, the Ted talk is there. Um, a sermon I preached is there kind of telling my story. Um, a lot of blog posts, um, uh, podcast interviews I've done. So that's probably the best, like the clearinghouse. Go to mattnightingale.com and, and you'll find out all you want to know about. All the things. All Please the go things. check out Matt's <laughs> Matt's stuff. <laughs> awesome, Matt. Well, it was wonderful reconnecting mm-hmm. with you and I'm so happy to have you on the show. It's been yeah, wonderful. Super cool. Thanks so much for having me. And um, yeah, I'll look forward to hearing this. I hope lots of people do. Woohoo. <laughs> Exactly. That's the that's yes. the hope. Um, awesome. Well, everyone, just so um, you have the information too, you can check out my website, www.shareinspirerepeat.com. I'll have a blog post up where you can check out Matt's stuff and see a, a gorgeous glamour mm. shop <laughs> shot of, of Matt. And, uh, and of course, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram as well to find out more information about the show, our other episodes, and of course, our guest today, Matt Nightingale. I appreciate you being here today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit shareinspirerepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com.